Jesus Bible and Current Events from a Christian Perspective. Battling spiritual wickedness in high places, one podcast at a time. This is the High Places Podcast. Hello again, everyone. This is Jim. I wanted to pick up on something real quick that um, we kind of touched on. Can't remember. Oh, it was probably the week before last. Might have been last week, though, too. Um, or last time. Um, this whole idea of just kind of ignoring reality. Um, when you look at it uh, going on in uh, politics, it's almost farcical, right? It's just kind of a comedy. Um, but there are like situations where ignoring reality um, is not funny and it's very, very dangerous. Uh, an interesting example was a lady in Seattle that was um, sadly raped by a homeless guy. Um, he had been uh, living in a city-funded homeless camp and um, uh, raped a lady that, you know, lived nearby uh, this area. Um, and th- this guy, though, he had he had warrants out for his arrest. But this homeless camp that the city sanctioned, um, they don't do background checks. Um, there, and there's a number of places like this that the city runs where they allow drugs, they allow people to get drunk, because um, there's like low barrier homeless encampments. And so, you know, what a horrible, horrible crime. Uh, this this was and there were some people that um, spoke out about it because there was a, a guy that did a a uh, documentary uh, on this lady and her story um, because um, unfortunately for her um, she she um, her story doesn't fit the narrative um and she was kind of dismissed when she went to the city to tell them what happened um because that isn't the narrative the homeless people are a protected class and as with any protected class they're allowed to do things that you and I aren't allowed to do um i think we mentioned a while ago there was uh a documentary uh, done on the city of Seattle and like the top 100 um, biggest criminals as far as repeat offenders, like 98 of them were homeless. Um, but uh, Seattle, like any number of uh, cities, especially West Coast cities, uh, are very receptive uh, to homeless population. And that's why you see such an influx of people. Um, into those cities. I, I can say that I have a um, non-trivial amount of experience uh, directly with homeless folks, not in a shelter or a soup kitchen where they're on their best behavior because they want something, but um, when they're just out and about engaging with each other. 
the positive news is that there there is a, a witnessing opportunity among that group of people, and they are uh, they are somewhat less resistant to uh, hearing the gospel, and many many will claim um, faith, uh, but like um, other segments of the population. Um, unfortunately, many have just created a God in their own mind that they're comfortable with, and to give that God legitimacy, uh, they project that God onto the God of the Bible. And so, um, but, uh, generally speaking, um, uh, they can be more receptive. Now, whether anything takes root or not, um, that is a different story. Uh, and again, I have some experience in this area, and um, we could spend many, many hours talking about that, but I won't do that uh, tonight. Um, but this poor lady, her story uh, got uh, it got even worse um, as this went on, because the activist industry uh, in Seattle apparently went uh, uh, went out of their way to attack her. And they dismissed her um, uh, because of her looks. And they said that um, her uh, many tears in this documentary were just theatrics, serving a false narrative that homeless people represent a danger to the community. Well, um, I don't know that that's a false narrative. The stat that I gave you earlier would suggest that um, it probably is not. A false narrative. I have seen uh, people in the homeless population uh, commit acts of violence right in front of my face. Um, I had a friend who was hit in the face by a homeless person. Um, I have seen other crimes, um, and so the um, one of these uh, encampments around Seattle, I guess they uh, when the um, camp opened, there was suddenly a 221% increase in reported crimes and public disturbances in that neighborhood. Uh, the neighbors witnessed a uh, rise in property crime, uh, violence, drug dealing. They had to spend money for their own security, cameras and motion detectors around their property. Um, and they had to, you know, more policing and, um, obviously the burden of this, um, the cost of this was put on the people in that neighborhood. Um, and then they have statistics from, um, the King County jail, which is the county that the city of Seattle's in homeless people are 3,800% more likely to commit crimes than the average citizen. 3,800%. Uh, even though the homeless population represent one half of one percent of the population, they accounted for nineteen percent of the jail bookings, nearly one in five from a minute population and so this isn 't to um, um, necessarily uh, you know target homeless people. Um, they're just the, the people who were being defended by the activist industry in this situation, 
And um, despite all these quantifiable facts, uh, this poor lady, who is the victim of rape, was attacked um, because her story, if people found out what happened to her, they might have a negative impression of homeless people. Uh, an impression that wasn't true. But the facts say that there is a reason to be concerned, <laughs> like it or not. And the fact that uh, governments are letting people, um, people with warrants, uh, live in people's neighborhoods, um, they're not checking for uh, criminal uh, background. Um, they're knowingly let people use illegal drugs, illegal drugs. So if you tell people that they can basically commit crimes, they can basically commit sin without any consequences, uh, it shouldn't surprise anyone that the amount of sin and the amount of crime increases. But that's not the narrative because the devil wants sin to increase. And he wants people, uh, more and more people ensnared by sin. So the narrative is that letting people sin has no negative consequences. <laughs> and if the facts get in the way, and if someone who is a victim of a crime uh, points out that the narrative doesn't match the facts, they are attacked. They are attacked. And if we weren't in such a, a sin-laden society, people that attacked a rape victim would be the ones who were vilified, and they would probably not even um, be willing to do anything like that because of the backlash. But that's not what happened. <laughs> this lady was the one who's vilified. And they, they told her that she shouldn't have told her story because it might trigger other rape victims. So keep it to yourself. Don't warn anybody. Don't expect the government to protect you or anything, even though you pay taxes to pay police. <laughs> um, it just shows how upside down everything is. And so how can someone commit such an act of violence and actually have organized groups that defend them and not only defend them, but attack the people that the criminals attacked, that they committed these acts of violence on. I, if you step back and think about that, that's, that's kind of insane. But then it makes you look at our culture more. We are a violent culture. Uh, there was a school shooting today, I guess, in Colorado. Um, and I'm sure the uh, people that would uh, like to have citizens disarmed uh, because totalitarian regimes don't want an armed citizenry, this is why we have a Second Amendment, uh, not for hunting or home protection, but to protect uh, people against a tyrannical government. Um, but the people that want the power, they want to disarm uh, the citizenry. And so uh, we all know what's going to happen now after this shooting. Uh, people will stand up and say, this has got to stop and no more and blah, 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 blah. But as we talked about before, 
this goes on at the same time that, you know, uh, uh, media conglomerates make billions and billions of dollars um, entertaining people with the same kind of violence. And guess what? I don't know how to break it to people, but uh, people killed each other before anyone ever invented a gun. Look at what you have going on in Europe, uh, where they have extremely tight gun laws, and so the killers just use knives, or they use vehicles and run people over. Um, you know, So if someone wants to kill, they're going to find a way to kill. I don't know if you saw this story, but um, there was a study that showed that there was a jump in suicides after this uh, Netflix has some show about suicide, 13 Reasons Why, and there was an increase in suicides. So we're entertained by violence a lot, uh, and a lot of young people, we talked about this a couple episodes ago how the young people are just killing themselves at an alarming rate. And, you know, the people, they tie it into um, social media. Um, there's an interesting parallel between when uh, suicide rates, they were declining from like 2000 to 2010, but about the same time that smartphones became ubiquitous and you had this increase in social media activity, um, all of a sudden the suicide rates started going up. And so if you think about that, there's just so much violent content, violent conversations, people uh, entertained by violence. I was in a store the other day trying to get something for my phone and the guy was asking me, the guy working there was asking me about some TV show and, oh, did you see this? And, you know, da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, I don't even own a television. And I told him I have no need to put that garbage in my head. And he kept talking to me about this show. Oh, you have to see this. You have to see movies. I'm like, I don't have to see movies. Uh, life is better than movies. Why do I need? To, why do I need to be brainwashed by a bunch of hypocritical sin peddlers? Um, but I mean, it's just there's this this glorification of violence. Uh, there was this other thing in California that would force public universities to provide abortion pills. And the, and I think, it, I think it did pass. I think it just has to go to the governor now. Um, but they have to have abortion pills on campus because you have to be able to kill your child as quickly as possible. Um, and the state's going to allocate money for this for each of the universities. And the rationale behind this, this is a quote. This is in the bill, the actual legislation. Quote, when pregnant, when pregnant young people decide that abortion is the best option for them, having early, accessible care can help them stay on track to achieve their educational and other aspirational life plans. Huh. The Bible verses about uh, without natural affection uh, come to mind. So don't let your children <laughs> keep you from uh, in uh, being distracted from your own personal goals. And, and don't avoid having sex either. Um, if you don't want your you know plans to go off the tracks, you can have both. 
you can have sin and you can be a selfish narcissist and kill your child uh, if, uh, if your uh, sin of lust and fornication uh, results in a child. You can just kill them. And the government will help you do that. And they'll even give you the pills to do it. You don't even have to leave campus. And they'll pay for it. So that you can focus on you. That's extraordinary. Were you following this story about the lady in uh, Minnesota who uh, has lung cancer and she, uh, she needs oxygen because uh, her lungs are so depleted? She's 64 years old. So she's not even retirement age. Um, but the hospital and the doctors there, they wanted to take her off oxygen. She would suffocate and die. And so it's not like she was comatose or unable to communicate. There was a video of her talking saying that she didn't want to die. <laughs> she wasn't ready to go. And they wanted to, they wanted to take the oxygen away. And then she would just slowly suffocate to death. So, it wasn't just that they wanted to kill her. They wanted to kill her in a torturous way. And it's, again, it's not like she was unconscious or unresponsive. And she was saying on video, don't kill me. <laughs> and they were still talking about doing it. And I think there was a, a, a Life Legal Defense Foundation. I think they were stepping into the whole thing. And I, they were going to sue the hospital. Um and so they, she got a reprieve, and they aren't planning on killing her just yet now. Um, but there still isn't. Uh, it's not clear if, if they're going to try to do it later when the you know the attention is all gone. Uh, and I mean, wow! So kill your babies before they're born. You can kill your babies after they're born. Look at all the stories you see now about parents killing their kids. It seems like every month there's a new story. If you're an old person, 64, that isn't even that old. They're going to try to kill you then, too. Wow. And we don't even have government-run health care yet. And they're still trying to kill people. Because the devil loves death. And he figures the quicker he can kill people, then the fewer chances they're going to have to hear the gospel. And so we live in this culture where it's just constant. You know, TVs, movies, video games. You can actually pretend to be killing somebody first person. You don't even have to be a passive um, uh, audience member. You can actually put yourself in the shoes of a murderer. And you get rewarded with higher scores the more people you kill. Or the more things you kill. Even kids games, you're like shooting up something or attacking something. And so we're entertained by death. So this is like the fall of the Roman Empire, right? Bread and circuses. And what were, what were the circuses? Gladiators. People killing each other. Except that when you were in Rome, you were in the Colosseum, you were, you know, tens of yards away from where all this was going on. 
You can sit now in front of a screen and watch graphic, gratuitous violence. Or you can get a game controller in your hand and you can pretend to be the one committing the acts of violence in realistic, 3D, real-time rendered imagery. Blood splatters and sounds and all this stuff. And you can even replay it. Not that you'd have to, because you get chances to kill hundreds and hundreds of mo uh, more uh, people. And so, it's like, you can even team up and do this stuff. I mean, it's just extraordinary. So, you got a better seat than uh, any Roman did in a coliseum watching uh, gladiators go after each other. And so, bread and circuses. Entertain them with violence and give them free stuff. Wow. What culture are we talking about? And so you just, um, this is why I encourage people to um, just kind of stay away from what this culture has to offer. Um, more and more you see these big um, tech companies, uh, Hollywood, being open about censoring Christians. Uh, all this stuff about, who is it? Was it Facebook? Yeah, I think it was Facebook just recently. But all these big uh, media companies are doing this. They're talking about which groups they're going to ban because, you know, they're putting out fake news and blah, 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 blah. Um, but then I think it was Facebook that said they're going to, or no, YouTube? Maybe it was YouTube that said they're going to allow, like, Holocaust deniers. Um, they wouldn't get banned for that. That's just, again, the war on facts. Um, but... And so the devil doesn't care about, you know, anybody putting out fake news. Um, what he wants is censoring the gospel. And so um, it's always triangulation, right? It's never going directly after it. It's not like YouTube and Facebook and all these other people are uh, saying, yeah, we're going we're gonna to ban the gospel. We're going to censor the gospel. No, no, no. It's like, well, we're going to, you know, restrict this thing over here or that thing over there. But once it's done, the precedent's set, and people get used to it and accommodate it. And then, once all the mechanisms are in place, now you can shift the focus to a different target. And so one day it may be fake news, um, but then the next it can be the gospel. And yet there's a lot of people, in fact a lot of people who call themselves Christians, that fund these activities. And it's harder and harder to be ambiguous about this anymore and say, well, yeah, I know I give them money. I know I give them money by watching their programs and helping their ratings so that they can make more advertising dollars. I know all that, but they're not really using it to do anything too terrible. Well, as if the content of what they're doing hasn't been bad enough for years, and uh, the media's uh, ridiculed God and Christians for years. Now they're coming right out and censoring people. And they're not even shy about it. Um, and so it's harder uh, to say, um, it's harder for a person to say that they are not financially supporting uh, this kind of behavior and financially backing uh, the activities that are going on. 
it's harder for a person to deceive themselves into believing that. I read something today that there is a company, speaking of entertainment, um, I guess a startup that's selling water. Um, but the co-founder and the CEO was a creative director for uh, Netflix, uh, some different shows on Netflix. And now he's founding a startup selling water. But what's the name of the water? Liquid Death. <laughs> it's canned water. Liquid Death. And it has a picture of a melting skull on the front of it. And what's their tagline? Murder your thirst. So now water. <laughs> water is not immune um, from this. It reminds me of uh, verses in Genesis chapter 6, uh, right before the flood. Genesis chapter 6, verse 13. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. A God does not like violence, and there are consequences to this embrace and love of violence. And so, um, God has been extraordinarily uh, patient with this country, and has certainly blessed this country in many, many ways. Um, but one wonders um, how much more patience he has, because um, he destroyed the whole earth, save eight people, um, once before, because of its violence. And uh, if you look around the world, um, he's been pretty patient with us so far. And this country, the United States, um, through its culture and through its media uh, and other activities, um, one could argue is the um, utmost purveyor of violence on this planet. I, re I heard something the other day that the uh, Christian population in Iraq went from 1.2 million I think in like 2,000 down to like around 140,000 today. What happened during that time period? The United States put military forces in Iraq. You may not have liked Saddam Hussein, but um, Christians were protected. His, one of his uh, top aides, Tariq Aziz, was a Christian. Uh, now one can argue about whether he's a real Christian or not, but being a Christian wasn't a death sentence um, like it is today. Uh, and you have the same thing in Syria. 
Um, they were, uh, you know, Assad says that he wants a secular society and there are lots of different groups and, um, they were living together. And does it, does it take a strong man to keep uh, a bunch of disparate groups together? Apparently so. Um, not that I'm a huge fan of this guy, but look at what's happened to the Christians in these countries when the United States and its allies have gone in. Ostensibly for, you know, one could argue good motives, but look at the impact on Christians. So with our, whether it's our direct acts of violence or um, our media or just the way we treat each other, um, it's just this embrace and love of this violence. There's another verse in chapter 6 that uh, I think kind of sums things up. Verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Think of the conversations you've heard today. People at work, people at school. Think of the references to TV shows or movies or games or music or whatever. Think of the things you may have watched or heard or read yourself. How many of them were wicked and how many of them were holy and I'll bet you if you stop and think about that the majority of the things you've experienced today were wicked rather than holy and so if we're going to spend our time on things the time that God gives us there's some situations we can't avoid you got to go to work and you're going to be surrounded by people who uh, may not believe in God and may not care about acting in a way that pleases Him. But with our own time, what are we filling our heads with? Are we filling it with more wickedness? Are we filling it with holiness? Are we reading God's Word? Are we listening to sermons? Are we listening to hymns? Are we singing hymns? Are we talking to people about Jesus? Are we praising God? Are we teaching our children the things of God and protecting them from the wickedness that the world throws at them every single day? Hopefully, the imagination of the thoughts of our hearts are holy and not uh, entertained and absorbed by things that are evil. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. Feel free to reach us at podcast at jesusforsinners.com and I wish you all the best. Have a pleasant evening. Do something holy and we'll talk to you soon. God bless. Good night.